0: Welcome to Weartechnology.com's User-Friendly 2.0 with
1: host Bill Sickens, Technology Architect. And this is User-Friendly 2.0. Welcome to this week's show. Jeremy and Gretchen, welcome. Hello. Hello there. Well, here we are getting into October. Halloween is coming up pretty soon. I am looking forward to it this year. And the last two years, I haven't had a really a chance to decorate. So I think I've gone a little over the top. But in front of my house right now is a 12 and a half foot tall witch, a giant black cat, glowing eyeballs, and a variety of other things. And I'm not done yet. What are you guys doing for Halloween?
0: I thought we'd visit you. <laughs>
1: I think that sounds like a great idea because I want to go to the OMSI superhero exhibit. Oh, that would be fun. guys! guys will be up here. We can go over and check that out. I, I really, yeah. We talked about it, I know, last week. But I'm really looking forward to that. And the other thing is, they have some really good ghost tours over at Fort Vancouver and other places around here that are cool. a lot of fun too. And I am going to get to a corn maze this year.
0: Oh, that would be I, fun.
1: We've been trying that for three years and have not been able to. I, I I will get, if I have to buy the land, I will get to a corn maze this year. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so, I'll 3D print you one. Yeah, there you go. We might need to do that. We've got a great show coming up for you this week. We're going to be talking about comics. Talking about Batman, that's been a good segment. A lot of questions coming in from that, which we will answer later this fall. We're going to be diving into some technology the last couple of weeks. Tesla AI Day just happened. There's a new Fire TV out. Subscriptions are everywhere. So that is what we will be having coming up ahead. But in the meantime, let's go ahead and dive in and ask the question, what's in the news?
0: Engineers create molten salt micronuclear reactor to produce nuclear energy more safely. Okay, explain Uh, this. That was a mouthful. Yes, it was.
1: (laughs) So this is actually kind of an interesting thing. This is um, from Brigham Young University in Utah. And they're studying a way to make a more environmentally friendly nuclear reactor. So a nuclear power plant produces 8,000 times more power than fossil fuels. And outside of the occasional nuclear meltdown is considered environmentally friendly, except for that one little problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. And uh <laughs> so you know, as we're seeing right now, this is an area that if this could be addressed, it would really help out a lot. So BYU professor, nuclear engineer expert Matthew Mellet is uh or Mimet, I'm sorry, and his colleagues have designed a new system for safer production using salt, a molten salt nuclear reactor. And what it does is all of the waste Ends up being salt particles. Hmm. Are they hmm. radioactive or what? Uh, radioactive uh, molten salt instead of fuel rods. Okay. So the molten salt would not have the same standard as the fuel rods. Now I think a lot of studying is being done on this because I don't see it directly addressed on whether or not the salt has any kind of a nuclear element to it or not. Mm-hmm. Something that we will find out. But the thing of it is, is you are dealing with something that either way is a lot safer. And this is something that I could see where if they could really deal with this, could be of a huge benefit. We're desperately trying to get off the fossil fuels and the carbon. Nuclear does that. It's so just would if it you have something go wrong, it's pretty intense.
0: So would it have less waste, like, uh, you know, toxic waste?
1: That's, That's the idea. Problem. It would have less toxic waste. It oh, would be salt. Okay. And salt can be dealt with a lot easier than current nuclear waste. Hmm. The White House just unveiled a new AI Bill of Rights. You know, it's interesting to be talking about stuff like this, but it is definitely an issue. AI is something that is bringing a lot of really amazing and interesting things into the current age of technology. But there are also some other sides of this that AI can really have an effect on things like privacy.
2: Mm-hmm. And all of that
1: type of thing, you know, different stuff like that. And they're trying to put down some protections for both ends of this. Because one of the other questions I do get in here occasionally is what about the AI? And that's something too, you know, if you have something that was actually intelligent, you have to think about it from both ways. So, you know, where that is or isn't at this point uh, is a part of all of these different kind of new scenarios that we have to think about. Now, this one goes more to the idea of accountability. And gives an idea of what can and can't happen. So things like facial recognition right now, we were talking, you know, about some of the different things that are coming out. Let's say you bought a television with cameras in it and they put in facial recognition, didn't tell you that type of a thing. And then all of a sudden that information is out there. These types of bills and this one specifically is designed to be able to take those and other issues dealing with AI and lock them into a context where you have some kind of idea of what you can and can't do, and more to the benefit, knowing what is and isn't possible and what to expect.
0: Okay, Hmm. so it's kind of like a moral code for
1: dealing with AI technology? Yeah, that would be probably a very good way to sum it up. Okay. A very good way to sum it up. All right. World's first
0: fusion reactor will be open in UK by 2040.
1: And this is kind of cool considering that uh, this stuff uh, started in the UK in the 1950s. So to have the first one that's going to be online and capable of putting energy on the grid there is kind of cool. They're building it on the side of an old uh, fossil fuel power plant. Neat. And uh, so it's not virgin land. It's actually going to be something that's going to be on this decommissioned coal uh, powered fire station. And they're looking at it to cost somewhere around uh, 10 billion pounds sterling, which is about 11 to 12 million U.S. dollar equivalent, depending on the uh, conversion rate for the day. And definitely is something that if they can get this up and running and actually have it work right, could really be a prototype for dealing with some other methods for generating energy. And something like this could be awfully, I think, beneficial. Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: EU lawmakers impose single charger for all smartphones. All right, all on the on cue.
1: Sorry, Apple. Sorry, Um, (laughs) who has been fighting this for quite some time? The EU has this weird idea that having all kinds of different chargers, where you throw them away between every device, is probably bad for the environment and creates waste. And I think I I have to agree with them. Agree with them. (laughs) Plus, it costs more money. I mean, I remember the days of cell phones where everyone was a different plug. So no chargers were interchangeable. And then of course the charger was 30 or 40 bucks. So, you know, so we have standardized mostly to USB C, which is what everything seems to be now, which is a plug that can be flipped either way. It's super high speed. It does everything that uh, you would want it to do, but Apple still has their proprietary port. And this is something they've upgraded the port from one version to another from an old 30 pin port that was wider to one that's uh much thinner now. But that is still something that is unique to Apple devices. And you have to have a converter to be able to plug it into a regular charger. And in some cases, it's required the charger has a microchip on it. Otherwise, the device won't authenticate it. So that does make it a lot harder to get third-party chargers. Plus, if you have the one from your cell phone, it won't also necessarily work with the Apple device if it was originally not an Apple device that it was for. So, this is going to be required. It's going to be interesting to see how this kind of comes together. But I do think at the end of the day, I'm noticing a lot more stuff doesn't include chargers anymore. I used to kind of be annoyed about that until I realized I had 30 sitting in a drawer and don't need any. And I think that might be the direction that this is all going. Even my new desk has a built-in charger. It's just part of the system now, you know? So having a standard for this actually does make a lot of sense. You can get an adapter for the older USB versions and I'm sure for the Apple devices and all the rest of that. But going forward, just another way to maybe eliminate a little bit of waste. And I would say for most things, cost, although an Apple standpoint, they'll probably figure something else out for you to charge you for. But we'll see what happens.
0: Revolutionary jab that could repair spinal cord injuries developed by
1: scientists. So jab refers to a shot, like an injection.
0: Yeah, and not a
1: punch. Not a punch. <laughs> and this is something that... Right now, currently, spinal cord injuries do not have a lot of effective treatment that involve repairing of what is damaged. Now, there is some new technology that's state of the art that's coming onto the market that's in proof of concept stage. Now, that will actually work with a Bluetooth transmitter or something like that to be able to patch over the problem where the spinal cord has been damaged. But this actually takes that a step further, and it's a way that would actually repair the damaged area itself. And if this worked even just a little bit, it could really include the quality of life for people that are paralyzed and have had uh, injuries due to spinal cord problems. And I think probably be used in some other areas too, eventually. So the drug is called TTK21 and is administered once a week after a spinal cord injury. Right now they're testing it in animals and it seems to be working. Great. That's cool. So, you know, I think at the end of the day, a lot of technology that's being developed for quality of life is something that's going to be really cool. And any technology that comes out, yes, there's positives and yes, there's negatives. Most things that do something good. If you really put your mind to it, you can also be a supervillain and do something bad at the (laughs) end of the day. I think that we are going to be able to address probably within our lifetimes. A lot of the things now that we deal with just as it's been in the last 30 or 40 years, uh, technology for medical stuff. We're going to see that going forward. This is user-friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is user-friendly 2.0. We've been getting a lot of positive feedback on the discussions we've been having about comic books. In fact, we've got a lot of questions coming in. And Jeremy, we're going to have to get you set up for a Q&A later this fall on that. But okay. I know this this week you've got some more information for us I believe on Batman?
2: Yeah, Batman. He's a super one of the few superheroes without actually any superpowers. So he's a hero, you know, he he's a detective, he's a, a martial artist of vigilante. Uh he works with several other types of superheroes, Superman, Wonder Woman, uh the Green Lantern in order to save Earth when it becomes more than they than any one singular hero can, can do. That's the Justice League.
0: So he's kind of like almost like realistic. And if you have a lot of money uh, and are willing <laughs> to do training and have the brains, you could become Batman.
1: So let me ask you this question. <laughs> right. Does that mean if you don't have to have a superpower, if, say, someone had the ability to fly and had a suit that was bulletproof, would that make them a superhero just out of the gate?
2: Well, that's kind of an Iron like Man situation. Form. So yeah, kind yeah. of.
0: Yeah, because um, Tony Stark doesn't have superpowers. He's very smart. He's really rich and put all of his creativity um, into making something where he was able to help others.
2: Right. So Batman started in 1939 in Detective Comics under uh, DC uh, Comics. Uh, He was created by Bob Kane and it was written by Bill Finger. Uh, Not much, you know everybody forgets about Bill Finger because everyone's like, Oh, Bob Kane, he's the greatest. So, um, everyone remembers Bob Kane creating Batman. Uh, so he's got this, a a very tragic backstory where his parents are murdered in front of him. And, uh, he, he survives and really wants to have, you know, justice because the, the guy didn't get caught. So he strives as he grows up to, um, become, a, uh become the person that he needed as a kid. Yeah, a fighter yeah. for for justice technically. Um in his very first few appearances in the comic books um he he beats up bad guys, he actually kills a few, maims a bunch, uh and then they they re-image him just a little bit and he has a stronger moral code where he doesn't kill anybody. So, I mean that's
0: pretty yeah. cool.
2: Uh he's sometimes known as the world's greatest detective. Because he sees, he sees everything. He remembers all the stuff. He's studied chemistry and history and art and uh, martial arts and literally every subject, so he can know everything that you know. When he sees that, oh, that ties into that. That ties into that. That ties into that. that, That's how this is solved.
0: I think Catwoman's lurking in the background. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I was hearing that too.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So everyone remembers, uh, you know the the. TV show in the 60s. Batman. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, that, that's that's the suit that I remember most often is gray. The gray bodysuit with the blue cape and the cowl and gloves. Um,
0: and one thing about that is that that was very silly. Oh, it was. Kind it was. of like um, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon. And then later on. People found out, wait a minute, Batman's a very serious and and scary character. And, oh, the turtles are really violent, you know. So, sometimes the comic books differ from the
2: TV shows. And sometimes the comic books are modified to fit all the other stuff. Right. So, sometimes the the TV show modified the comic books a little bit. The comic books modified the TV show. Um, But we've got a lot of history, you know, from 1939 to now, we're still getting current, new versions of Batman. There's Batman movies. There's dozens of Batman animated cartoon things. Uh, we've hundreds of action figures. They've also
0: explored the idea that Batman becomes an older man mm-hmm. and passes on his his cowl to another. Yep. And I've seen a couple of cartoons where that's happened. Yeah, Batman
2: Beyond. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I know that
1: I know that there's a lot of different pieces of the franchise out there, and. A lot of different manifestations of it too. Some are very dark, like you say the mm-hmm. one from the '60s was interesting. I know there's some movies coming up that are probably going to be the best of the franchise when they come out. So there's a lot to look forward to, I think, from that respect.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, see, that's the thing. All the all these different actors put their own spin on this classic character. I mean, classic. He's like sixty, seventy years old. What, eighty? Yeah, he's quite. Yeah, it's yeah. getting there. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, nineteen forty. Yeah, so like 80 yeah. years old. I mean, you know, it's, it's going pretty good. It keeps getting reinvented every now and then. They're, they re reimagine the universe uh, every few, few years in the comic books and, and change he's, things. He's
0: also had quite a few um, additions, mm-hmm. like uh, Batgirl, Robin. And Robin has had several different p- uh, characters yes. be Robin. Yes. And then Robin, is, in some cases, Robin has died. Some cases, Robin has become a mature adult yes. and has gone off onto his own thing.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, we've had uh, the original Robin became Nightwing. Uh, the second Robin, Jason Todd, uh, was killed off in the comic books because of a phone-in poll that they created. And somebody hacked the system and managed to super vote him to death.
0: <laughs>
2: oh. Yeah, so, well, he, he wasn't the greatest character in the first place. It's kind be like a bummer, scrappy though. though. Yeah, I Nobody know. Nobody
0: likes Scrappy-Doo. I yeah. don't know if anybody likes Scrappy-Doo. <laughs>
2: Right, but see, then you get a you know another version of uh, of Robin, and then another version of Robin. The current version of Robin is Bruce Wayne's son, Damien, from
0: Zatanna. Um, or no, 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 it's Rachel Gould's daughter. Yeah,
2: um, I can't, I can't, can't think of her name. name. Talia.
0: <laughs> oh, Talia. Yeah. So
2: I mean, you know, there's all these things going on, and Batman has spread out from into everything. We've got lego batman now
0: Mm -hmm. um
2: and he's he's dark and funny and it's just kind of entertaining but we've got you know hundreds of actors creating all these different things for batman and you know some people don't like batman some people like you know other whatever heroes i always liked the batman stuff it always seemed like it it was pretty cool i mean sure he fought his way out of most things but you know (laughs)
0: now it's taken bill a while you 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 first didn't care for him and now. You're you're kind of opening up to some of the different aspects of him,
1: right? Right. Well, I think what I always felt is just the movies seem very, very dark. Yeah. And that's that's not something that I've ever really related to well. I, I just, I don't know. I don't, I want to go to a movie. I want to come out not feeling depressed. And a lot of those <laughs> did that, you know? Hmm. Well, but,
0: and the thing is, is a lot of Batman seems like it's from a film noir.
1: Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. the
0: hard-boiled detective yeah. era.
1: Detective stuff. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, and that would be where it is. It's also it can, it's very violent, too, in some of the movies, some more than others. So if you look back at, like, the 1960s stuff, that was silly, but it was kind of fun to watch. I actually like those. A lot of people don't, but I did. And the movies, I don't know, it was just, it was to a point. But now some of them are going a little different direction. So, you know, exploring that might uh, might make a thing. So let me ask you a question. What is your favorite Batman villain?
2: Well, actually, techn- my favorite Batman villain is the Joker from the animated series. With Mark 90s, Hamill with Mark doing the voice. Okay, That, okay, that yeah. is my favorite yeah, version.
0: mine too.
2: Uh, yeah. She's so cool.
0: I also like some of the other uh, villains uh, like Mr. Freeze, though mm-hmm. I was really surprised when they cast Arnold Schwarzenegger, which I never saw. And I really thought Patrick Stewart would have been a better choice.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I've heard a rumor they're making a Mr. Freeze movie in the, Choice will probably be the best of the franchise, but I'll let you know about that when we get a little closer.
2: We'll get okay. we'll get back on that.
1: Yeah, we'll get back on that one. So, all right, I'm going to have to cut you guys off here. We're at our time, but we'll pick this up in a couple more weeks. This is User Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break with q and A. Q&A. Back to user friendly. This is the section of the show where we answer your questions. 503 766 6264 is the phone number. One user friendly on Facebook or Twitter or userfriendlyshow.com. Go to any of those places to submit your questions. We get them and we endeavor to answer them. What do we have this week?
2: What are PFAS?
1: That sounds an awful lot like an acronym.
2: Yeah, kind of.
1: So this is something the EPA put out. I could try to speak the actual what this means but i don't think i would do it very well but basically what these are uh, are long-lasting chemicals and the components of them break down very slowly over time and this is something that is considered to be bad for the environment they're found in water air fish soil at locations all across our nation and across the globe clothing and, and they cookware ma- clothing and cookware mm-hmm. and all kinds of different things And they may be linked to harmful effects for humans and animals.
0: Doesn't sound like much fun. No. (laughs) Uh, What is Google Matter?
1: So a question that came in from a couple of different listeners, and I hadn't heard of this yet, so I had to reach out to Google to figure out what this is. And it has to do with their smart home system. So what they're trying to do is create an open source environment like SmartThings or something of that nature that will create a standard for connectivity between different devices from different companies that'll work on a smart home system. And this would primarily be for Google nest and is a way to connect things back in, and you may remember a while back, they closed down a system where other vendors could get in there It created some stuff where a lot of devices stopped working with Google nest that had worked before. So this looks like this is their solution to that, to be able to bring those things back online. Is it possible to have a
2: wireless video glasses?
1: So this seems like something that's very early adopter right now. They do have some glasses and some different things where you can get video or a HUD-type display in your glasses. You can buy them on different sites, Amazon and whatnot. We've talked about some of this in the past, but right now they are all wired. And in other words, you have to connect them to your phone or some sort of a input device. And some of these solutions use HDMI. So I was thinking about this and I think I have figured out a way to actually do wireless video. You'd have to get a portable power bank, a Google Chrome device that outputs HDMI, connect that to the video source, and then plug all of that into the glasses and set all of this up. You would have to have all these things different powered separately and set up to actually work together and be able to get them to talk to each other. And you might look a little bit like a Borg out of Star Trek, but it <laughs> yeah. should work. So if anybody <laughs> does this... Would still be this, wired? Uh, well, you're wired, but the Google Chrome and the power bank would actually make it wireless oh. in the sense that it's, you're not connected to the wall or something. However, your glasses would still be wired, but it takes it a step further. So if anybody attempts to do this, let us know. I want to see how this works out. And I don't know what could possibly go wrong with that type of a configuration. But in short, it is possible to do. Is it something that you would want to do? That's a whole nother question.
0: Okay, so maybe it's the same person's going, do I need a new router? Yeah, (laughs) Interesting question. So
1: (laughs) what this had to do with, is somebody was asking, they have a Wi-Fi router and we're having all kinds of problems with dead spots and slow speeds and all these type of things. So we talked a little bit. And what it turned out is this router was made in 2011. It was an old Linksys something or other that they bought. And they're like, well, it still works. And yeah, it does. It's it's a good product. The problem with computer stuff is they do eventually age out. So even though it might still be functional completely, and it works the way that it originally was meant to, it doesn't offer the latest, greatest stuff. So in the case of his router, it wasn't because of a technological breakdown, but it was because the standards have changed so much. So he went ahead and upgraded to a new Wi-Fi 6 system. And then when we talked again, it was like the difference. I I don't even know what to compare that between dial-up and high-speed internet or something. So he's really happy to have come into that. But uh, yes, it might be time to get a new router if it's more than 10 years old or more than five years old. (laughs) Okay. What is Amazon Prime Day 2? Yeah, so I guess one wasn't enough. We're getting a second one. It's actually called the Prime Early Access Sale. The idea Uh, being that it's an early access for Black Friday. It's going to be coming up Tuesday, October 11th and Wednesday, October 12th. The reception of this is some vendors are thinking it's great to have early access to be able to sell their stuff. Others are thinking, well, Black Friday is coming up and it's kind of an extra thing that maybe we don't need to do. But that's what it is. And it is definitely something that's going to be out there this year. So we'll see what comes of it. And if it's anything like their other stuff, it may be a potential be able to get some good prices on things if you don't want to have to wait until November. So we'll see what that is. All right, this is User Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is user-friendly 2.0. We have had a lot happening in the world of technology recently. And, you know, these are areas where sometimes of the year there's more than others. There seems like there's always something new out there. But one of the ones that I'm going to start with here, because we've been getting a lot of questions about this lately, and it's something we've talked about in the past, is software subscriptions. Now, I know that there are some very, very strong viewpoints on this. We talked about this (laughs) on Tech Wednesday this week, dealing with that. But the one that seems to have set it off is the company that makes QuickBooks this year has gotten rid of their, you can buy a licensed software, and now you can only get it by a monthly subscription. And I can kind of get that. I, I use QuickBooks. I probably will never upgrade because that happened, at least not until, I absolutely have to because I'm in kind of in the camp that I like to buy it and not have an ongoing payment. But mm-hmm. when you look at these things, you've got kind of two sides to that. You eventually, if you buy a license, you, cause you don't buy the software, you buy a license that's perpetual. You'll get upgrades for a while, but after a certain amount of time, that will all stop. And originally that was when you would buy the new version. Now a subscription based program doesn't have that limitation. Then as long as you pay the subscription fee, you get all the updates and they're usually automatically handled. However, the moment you stop paying that amount of money, you no longer have access to the software. So some of the higher price stuff like the Adobe suites, this actually does make a little more sense because if you're a business that maybe doesn't have the three or $4,000 to buy the thing outright, you can pay for what you need on a monthly basis and it makes it more accessible. But on the flip side, something like a QuickBooks, which was originally around $200, now after one year subscription fees, you're... Spending more than you would have originally because you could usually get more than one year out of it. So, you know, and we're seeing this going on everywhere else. To some places that I think is a little bit strange, restaurants are offering subscriptions.
0: Pf Chang's,
1: yeah, Pf Chang's, which is a national chain, now has you can buy a subscription at their restaurant to get certain perks. Oh, okay. and uh, hmm. there's a
0: I've never heard of this. This is new yeah, to me. Yeah. So tell yeah, this, me about is new, this. <laughs> this is a new thing
1: that they're doing. They just are introducing it now. And yeah, you pay a monthly fee. And um, so they're not taking anything away, but they are definitely doing something that could drive business because it increases what you can get. And uh, a Panera Bread does a similar thing with their coffee card, where you pay a monthly fee and you get unlimited coffee. Hmm. Now, One of the other ones that I do not like that they've changed is Best Buy. So Best Buy has introduced this program called Total Tech, which adds a few new features. It costs $200 a year, and that's all fine and well. However, a lot of the perks that I used to get because I buy a lot of stuff at Best Buy and didn't have to pay for on my uh, loyalty card program, like free shipping is gone, the extended return period they took away and all that. Now I can only get it back if I pay $200 a year for something that I know I personally wouldn't use. So that I found a little bit upsetting. I think if you take away benefits and then turn around and force your customers to pay for them, that can have a somewhat negative response. Yes. So also happening uh, recently was the Tesla AI Day had a chance to watch that, and it was very Hmm. interesting. The Optimus Prime robot, last year it was somebody in a costume. This year it actually is a robot. uh, (laughs) Came out and waved to all of us, and Elon Musk told us that uh, it will do more, but they're still very much in the beginning of this. And I kind of understand that. I mean, robotics, which is an area that I have a lot of interest in too, is not the easiest thing to do. And one of the things I do have to say about the Tesla Optimus is that they're doing something that I haven't seen work well elsewhere, and that's the five-fingered hand.
0: Mm-hmm. So hmm.
1: most of the other robotics, exoskeletons, those type of things that we have right now use clamps or other things of that nature. And it's because it's very difficult to be able to do a human hand. And this is something that they seem to have gotten down pretty well. and actually works pretty well. The only problem is, is there's still a lot of work to do. And I don't know if it's a problem. It's just been a year and it does take some time to put something like that together. So,
0: Well, I mean, I think the human hand is a very complicated device. It
2: is. It's super complicated.
0: I mean, there's lots of bones, lots of muscles, lots of being able to twist and bend and push. And
1: wow, I mean, there's a lot to it. So, yeah, you know, so it's interesting to see where that's going. They also talked a lot about AI and the use of that in their auto drive, autopilot, all of that kind of thing that they're working on and developing and moving forward with and it was very interesting because one of the engineers the way he was presenting it as well a human drives with two low resolution cameras on a very slow gimbal uh, i.e. your head and your (laughs) neck so if we have eight cameras and a fast computer we should be able to do this better however I think they're finding that it isn't quite that easy (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, (laughs) but uh, yeah, you know, they've made a lot of progress with all of this. And the fact of the matter is, is an auto drive function, something that used to be a matter of sci-fi and now is getting closer and closer. And if you use autopilot and these type of things, it's not full autonomous auto drive yet, but it certainly is going in that direction. I think without a question, we're seeing this. Um, something that uh, in the very near future, I think we will actually get through that. But they went through a lot of details on how all of this stuff works. And then one of the things that was interesting to me is they closed the show with Come Work For Us with a website of how to apply to uh, Tesla. And if you're an engineer that wants to go do that in robotics or AI or any of these other technologies, they have a website that they put up that makes it very easy. In fact, it's a couple of clicks and you can submit your resume. So I think they Hmm. might be looking for people.
0: Oh, yeah. When I saw the Twitter um, uh, request, basically saying it was
1: a job fair to a certain degree. Yes. Yeah, so, and it definitely um, <laughs> definitely
0: was done that way. So it's,
1: uh, <laughs> but hey, look well. at it this way. With recent news, they can combine the workforce from Twitter and Tesla if they need to. Another topic <laughs> for another time. The yeah. other thing that was interesting this week is televisions. Now, we're getting into the fall season here. And we talked a little earlier about Amazon having a second Prime Day. But Amazon is really diving into the television market now. And they're for a while, I've had products where the Fire TV, which is their streaming system, you can buy a television with it built-in. In fact, I have one, and it's really kind of cool because it literally is just a power cord. There's no boxes, no wires. You just plug it in, and it works. Now, of course, you're tied to Fire TV. So if you decide you don't want it, then you would have to add the boxes and stuff. But it will work with other things. But they're coming out with some new 65- and 75-inch televisions, QLED technology. But some of the features on it, some people are finding a little bit creepy. It can tell if you're in the room, for one thing. They call Which? this an ambient experience. It uh-huh. uses the sensors to detect your presence. And when you walk in, it'll put up photos, slideshows, digital artwork, that type of thing. It knows what time of the day it is, so it knows if it's day or night and acts accordingly. You know, all of those different kind of things. Um. I don't know if I really have a problem with that, but some do. So it'll be interesting to see how that works. I think I'll take one for the team and order one of these and see how it works.
0: Oh, okay. Mm.
1: <laughs> this is user friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. welcome back great show this week this is user-friendly a lot of stuff going on out there like we said earlier in the show halloween is coming right up here and there are some events going on this month let's first go over the technical stuff that's going to be out there the gloaming uh, gloaming i'm already in halloween mode global gaming (laughs) expo there we go october 10th 13th and the samsung developers conference on october 12th is this month too but it's halloween so there's other stuff going on too. Now I know up here in the Portland area, we've got just a ton of stuff. We talked earlier. We're going to find a corn maze. There's all kinds of stuff like that around here. The ghost tours. I know they do some stuff like that up down your way in Virginia City in mm-hmm. Halloween. Yeah, and and I understand that there's also something to do with a train museum in Carson City that they're doing something where it's like a haunted train ride. Um, oh, I'm looking to get some more information. Yeah, yeah it's that'd be uh, cool. It's definitely hmm. something that might be kind of cool to deal with, but. This year, a lot of stuff is back, you know, being shut down for COVID. But it's best to check these things out and see what there is. I know Fort Vancouver. It looks like one company that was doing the ghost tours isn't, but there's something else. So I'm trying to get those details put together so that we can check I that out. That. that was so much fun. It really was. Also, loved the Christmas thing too. That was a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, those are cool. I'll have to check them both out this year. And then uh, I know in Nevada, the casinos have a lot of costume parties that you can go to that are commercially produced, but still usually a lot of fun. Yeah, And, uh, you know, so kind of loud,
2: everybody in (laughs) costume, lots of drink specials, music, dancing, yep, yep.
1: dancing and the whole bit. And, uh, so the thing is, it's just to check out in your area. If you want something to bring the kids to, there's tons of things like that. If you want a more adult thing, there's tons of things like that out there too. I've seen
0: things from Ikea for Halloween
1: too. Yeah. I was noticing that too. I was gonna have to check that out as well. And, uh, (laughs) but just a, a lot of different, uh, uh, different scenarios uh this year. I know that uh, you guys haven't been asked about this, so you're hearing this for the first time. We've been invited to do our uh, Harry Potter costumes at a presentation up here over Halloween. Oh,
0: so, didn't uh, know that. Okay, yeah, like now I said, I, I know I knew I had not Potter,
1: Potter Thinking about it now, but we'll probably be over <laughs> at that, and that's a kid-oriented event over at uh, Social Goods in Newburg. And okay. they, we did a Star Wars thing with them a couple of years ago, which was a lot of fun, and. uh There's one of the favorite costumes I've ever seen. There was this guy in a beekeeper suit and his wife was in a beekeeper suit. And they had a little tiny infant that I was probably a couple of months old. And Mm -hmm. he was in a bee suit with a stinger. It was the cutest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) So, But anyway, but yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff out there. Let us know what you're doing and send us your pictures. We'd love to be able to share that out on our social media see what you're doing. We'll definitely share what we're doing. And as we get closer, we'll let you know. Maybe we'll do some kind of a meetup or something up here. So until next week, this is user-friendly 2.0. And I want you to remember to send us your questions and your comments, one user-friendly on Facebook, one user-friendly on Twitter. Until next week, this is user-friendly 2.0, keeping you safe on the cutting edge.
2: User-friendly 2.0, copyright 2014 to 2022. User-friendly Media Group, Inc. All rights reserved. The views and opinions on this show are those of the host, and not necessarily those of the user-friendly media group, Inc., or this station. Music licensed by BMI. Hosting provided by WeAreTechnology.com. Podcast available at UserFriendlyNation.com, TheAnswerPortland.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts.